You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. I've got a really fun CarCast episode for you today. We've tapped into uh, uh, our buddy Tanner Faust. He's going to tell us everything about his new video, uh, uh, Quantum Drift, as well as making movies and all kinds of fun stuff. So Tanner's going to be with us for the whole show, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, Before we start, I'm going to tell you guys about our friends at Geico. Uh, Maybe you own a home or rent a home. Either way, it can be a lot of work. But you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because we already have so much to do around the home already, especially now that we're here. We're in isolation. We've got nothing to do except be at home, do home stuff. Well, go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and uh, Bill Goldberg is uh, he's on assignment with WWE uh, for for today, and I guess for the couple of days. We'll get some updates on that when he gets back. But uh, uh, but I'm happy to say we've got our old buddy Tanner Faust. Uh, in, I'd say in the studio, but unfortunately not in the studio. Um, I, I we've got him in his car. He's he found some <laughs> solitude in his car. And, not driving, uh, not driving, just sitting here. Right, not not driving, sitting in the car. We're just scrambling to find a quiet place where we can record some shows and try try out this fancy technology that uh, that Chris has got us on. I don't, Chris, I don't know where you are. I don't know Long Beach or something. I have no idea. I am in Long Beach, yeah. but uh, but Chris, Chris is around somewhere. Um, I just, uh, I just can't see him on my screen for some reason. Um, I, I take anyway, myself off. I don't, get, want to, uh, I don't want to distract you. So I, I remove my video and I'm not talking. Okay. Well then, uh, I couldn't hear you anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's going to be a few little, uh, bumps and bruises in, in this podcast because of us trying to do this remotely. Um, but, uh, bear with us and we're going to try to do a, a good show for you guys. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Dodge with Dodge Power Dollars. You know, with for every horsepower you, of, of a new Dodge vehicle that you purchase, you'll get $10 off. So, out in a 19 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack, and you just got $4,580 off. Uh, there you go, our friends at Dodge. Um, I asked uh, I asked Tanner to come in and uh, and be on the show because his uh, his latest video, um, I guess part two of Quantum Drift, uh, is out. It's on YouTube. It's on Tanner's channel. Um, I'm sure it's all over his social media as well. If you guys haven't seen it, you're gonna have to watch it. You're gonna have to check it out. Certainly because we're gonna be talking about it. Um, but there's a Quantum Drift one. It's been a few years, right? Like maybe twenty. When did you do that one? 2016? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, it could have been four, three, four years. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, that one, that one was uh, really successful and, and was, was great fun to do. But what's, what kind of inspired that was, uh, well, you remember the show Quantum Leap. I've talked about that. I mean, you're, yeah. um, there's a certain amount of us that remember that show. And, you know, this was a guy who jumped around from, person you know body to body always trying to find himself back in his own body um but uh for a car video i love doing the car videos and i love that as a racer you know you've got to create content you got to do some fun stuff and make driving fun in content that's one of the great parts of the job but i would just wanted to drive more than one car so this was a video that allowed you to drive five six different cars or so in the same video and have some sort of story that made sense on why you would be jumping from car to car so, so in the first quantum uh, video, it was uh, steering wheel was what just suddenly magically transported you from car to car. And that was actually a big pain to, to get yellow steering wheels for every car. So we ended up this time having that uh, weird juju suddenly come into the gloves. And so the gloves turn yellow. It's a lot easier to go do a bunch of different stuff, go into other people's bodies, uh-huh. Um, heavy D we went into, we went into a, a pilot friend of mine and his aerobatic plane skydiver. 
Um, and, and it just, it's for fun. The video is for fun. And, and, uh, you know, especially now it's a good time to do a fun video. It's just got a lighthearted kind of attitude to it. And it was great fun making it. You know, um, you, you talk about the premise for it, which I, I thought was fun. You're right. It, it's just meant to be lighthearted and fun and something kind of exciting for people to watch. The idea of, you know, that the magic gloves and has you jump from time to time. Of course, I always, I thought it was kind of funny because uh, any, any of the generation of, of people that are sort of watching these videos on YouTube right now probably have no idea what Quantum Leap is. No, um, I'm so reluctant to even say It's a little bit of a nod leap, yeah. to... <laughs> it, it's, it's a little bit of a nod to guys our age i think um i think that was even you know we were kids when that show was on so uh you know we're not that old but we're you know i i think we're outgrowing the youtube audience in a sense that uh as far as uh who who's the most active on that platform yeah, um, you notice all the 80s like, kind of uh, graphics and everything yeah you had to wear a lot of lipstick in this video yeah, I, I'll be honest. I was more nervous about launching this video than for sure any other video. But, um, you know, even some race weekends, I haven't been this nervous just because you still know how people are going to take that. There's at, at some point I jump into three different women's bodies. Um, one of them's like an old lady. One of them's like yeah. a teenager. Another one's, uh, um, I don't know how old, but there's a, it, it, it's a um, tricky yeah, I, I wasn't exactly sure how that would come off. It's it, it's all part of the fun, um, but then as we were making it, it seemed oh yeah, this will be so funny. And then you know I'll be like in a robe and I'll be a girl and I'll look in the mirror and be like oh my gosh. And then when you're actually about to put the video out there, like I don't know if you know the old corporate sponsors are going to be cool with this and you know that kind of stuff. And and um, didn't want to offend anybody, but I'm so happy that it, virtually every comment I've read has been super positive and people got it. I was really worried that people wouldn't get that. It's just, it's for fun. And that, yeah, there's cool. Yeah. We've got Johnny PV shooting this amazing footage of the Beatle through this old abandoned like warehouse. And, and uh, that used to be an automotive manufacturing plant and, and, and drift footage with also with Johnny PV. And so, so some amazing footage, but fundamentally it should be a, a little bit comedic and just a bit, on the fun side. And so it, I'm super stoked that people took it that way. Yeah. I thought it came out, it, it came out great. Um, tell us about uh, what it was like filming some of the, the car segments segments, obviously the, um, you know, the, the jumping around and dressing up in the different costumes and stuff is fun. And I, I get when you show up on set and you're like, Oh, today's the day you're going to put a dress on and a robe and put some lipstick on. But when it gets done and it's edited, it's very fast and it, it's very fluent and it works out great. Um, but uh, obviously the car stuff is what you're most excited about. How does that discussion start? Do you, do you sit down with the production company and you pitch the car ideas or what, or do they? I mean, obviously well, you're going to have some input on it, yeah, on what they yeah. do. There are a certain amount of assets that we have kind of at, our disposal or that we could access, you know, you have, we were rally cross racing with the beetle and this is just a beast of a car that um, is kind of super multi-talented, you know, zero to 60 in less than two seconds has 14 inches of shock travel can do 180 foot jumps in, in the race and also pull two G's on the pavement. It's just a multi-talented car. So it, there's always a desire to plug that into weird places. Um, the drift car is another asset that's there, uh, Polaris razors, um, and a, you know, kind of a, a host of cars that I get to play with a lot were there, but this time we wanted to do other stuff like with airplanes, um, didn't, didn't fly myself. Uh, if we do this again, I, you know, I have a pilot's license and I'd like to get the skills to do what Tommy Sewell did in that video, who was flying that plane. Um, and uh, so that for Quantum Drift 3, if we ever get to make one of those, then I'll be sure to get skilled up on aerobatic flying. But so that's, it starts out with a conversation of, look, we could do this. What's a cool location nobody's shot at before? What's something, what's a little gag that we've always wanted to do? Um, and, and instead of making it all about a big stunt in the video, which a lot of these car videos get specific on a couple core stunts, it. I really wanted to push it more to the fun factor and, and kind of the, 
um, lightheartedness that you see in the video and spend some of the budget on getting, you know, actors and other people involved to, uh, you know, try to liven it up and do something that car videos don't normally do. What was the most fun part of the video? And then what was the most difficult part? The most difficult part of the video was uh, the one of the girl scenes was looking at myself in the mirror with all that makeup <laughs> on, just caked, just caked. And, uh, <laughs> and just thinking what like steps in my life lined up to put me right here, right now in this bathroom. Um, but uh, there, there were some definitely awkward moments, but I think the most fun was, um, you know, grid life. If you see the drift taxi, I'm taking people for rides actually in that video and um, drifting yeah. that, that Passat, that 900 horsepower Passat around road Atlanta um, is just it grid life. It's just a cool thing. It's very loose. It's still one of those uh, driving events. that's probably going away where you just have, uh, there's hardly any rules really. And so you could drift the whole track at road Atlanta on the Sunday. It was 130 mile entry speed. And it just was, uh, I mean, it's just out of this world. Love the How many- weekend. How many people do you take in the car at a time? Do you fill it up? You, you grab three passengers on the, in the taxi? Yeah, we got four seats on there. We got, um, so four race seats. We extended the roll cage after that car was used in competition. We extended the roll cage to the back with the nitrous bottle in the back. And so we have four seats, um, bark bags uh, for every seat. <laughs> And, um, and then you just grip it and rip it. And it's like, uh, it's so fun. And the car's so loud. I mean, everybody's got earplugs, everybody's screaming, having a good time. It's, it's actually, I love competition and I love racing and I love the feeling of winning and fighting for it. But man, giving people rides in the drift car at speed and, uh, you're not just talking about it and seeing it in a video, but having them in the car is it's been one of the highlights for sure of the last 15, 20 years. So I, I really love having that thing. I, I imagine it would be exciting. Everybody's reaction is going to be different. And even, you know, occasionally over here, we get to just take a car out on a track and have some fun with it. But anytime somebody says, Hey man, do you want to ride shotgun on something? I, I I'm in, I just say yes. If it's, you know, if it's, uh, uh, anybody like it, I, I was just at like Dodger stadium and, and Ken block was running around the parking lot in some car and he's like, let's go. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm just going. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's fun to do that. And everybody's reaction is going to be going to be kind of weird and different yeah, and there's, loud. And- there's two different, like, tra- you know, you're on one side of the fence or the other. Like you're either yeah. the one who's like, yeah, I want to check it out. And you're watching the feet, you're watching the steering wheel. Like, how do I do that? And this is so fun. And, Maybe you're just rocking out to some music or whatever, just like enjoying it. Or you're the other side of the fence where if you literally see a text on your phone while somebody else is driving, you get motion sick. You can't stand being in the passenger seat. And uh, I, I'm the latter. I'll be honest. I'm a terrible passenger. I, I get sick in an Uber. If I try to do emails in an Uber, I'm done. It, what's funny is, is I'm, I'm not too different in that, if I'm sitting in the back of an Uber and I'm, and I'm going through my phone, I get a little queasy. And if I'm riding with somebody around town, I, I get a little nervous about their driving. I'm not the best shotgun driver, but when it's on a track with somebody that knows what they're doing, yes, yes. I, I, I'm fine. Like, I don't even want to hold on. I just want to flop around in the seat with my seatbelt on because now it's a roller coaster ride to me. There's a totally. level of trust, not just trust in the driver, but I don't have to worry about the other people on the roads around me. Like, if I'm going oh, for a absolutely. ride around the neighborhood, on, you know, I got to worry about so, everybody else. But on the yeah, track, totally it's, with you. Super and you have roll cage, you get in there, you're, you're clicking all this stuff. You got the harnesses and the suit and the roll cage. And yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a different story when you're on a track. Yeah. And when you're sitting down next to somebody who's like, all right, he's, he's driven this faster and it's going to, it's going to hurt him a lot more than me if he crashes this thing and has to, you know, fix it. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on a track. It is a different story. There's something about an Uber that just scares the crap out of me. Every time, even just on, on something small, every time I go to the SEMA show, 
somebody invites me out. I'm always very fortunate. The guys at Roush or Superformance are like, come in the Raptor or, or, you know, or, you know, get in the Mustang or come get in one of the Cobras. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I've done it every year. And I'm like, I'm still in. Like, I'm going to do it. It's, it's fun to do. Um, I, I know you've got some other things going on. Uh, you, you started a podcast. Uh, we did. We, we, it's like, an, it was a bit of an experiment and it's, I mean, we're not, uh, aiming to levels of you guys, uh, with your, with CarCast and, and with, uh, Adam's podcast. It's, which is, I'm a big fan of by the way. Um, but we, uh, it's speedy beardy and the mole with Rutledge, <laughs> Adam and I, and the, I'm obviously beardy in that trio, but there's <laughs> of a, uh, yeah, it just, we just hadn't hung out in a long time. You know, you go, it's a weird thing about a TV show. We did 750 days of shooting in six years and we're hanging out, you know, over a hundred, 150 days a year and, and having a great time and enjoying it, but, but really just becoming pretty good friends. And then, I mean, I shouldn't say pretty good. Rutledge would kill me if I said that, but super good friends, best besties. And then, um, you know, you go, you're super busy and you get busy doing other stuff. And they're like, ah, oh, you know what? We should hang out some more. And it's like, well, if we're going to hang out, we should, you know, do this and that. And, and we hear, heard from a lot of people about top gear, this and top gear that. And so we're, it's not some, a show that we're going to do again, but it, it, I guess Rutledge had some interaction with some, some people in the office. Uh, some of the, the girls that did the show, the office, they did like a watch along podcast so that's what this is is you you get the shows out so we hear from so many people that they have them either saved or they watch them on hulu or whatever yeah and we do a countdown of three two one play and if the and you don't have to obviously watch along with it you can just uh listen to the podcast or watch the video cast but um three two one play and then if they're on the same page then we're watching it with them and it's just a behind the scenes thing we're usually having a cocktail we're relaxed having a good time and um, it's great to have the three, three of us together again. It's great to hang out with those guys um, again. And that's really what started it was just wanting to hang out again. But it's a lot of fun. So Speedy Beardy and the Mole is what it is. We've just done three episodes and we'll just keep it going. And you guys are watching Top Gear episodes. Yeah, we're Top watching Gear episodes. episodes that we've done. And then talking behind the scenes of, oh my gosh, do you remember this? Your pants ripped here and it took us a day to go find you a replacement of this or that or whatever. You know how it is. There's so many things that are left on the cutting room floor. And a lot of people ask so many questions about that. We're like, well, fine, well, let's just get out there and, and you know, tell all the behind the scenes stories and, and we can do it in this format. It's a great thing about podcast. And, um, and if they can watch along then they can actually be at uh, the same spot of the conversation with us. Otherwise they, they can still listen along. And I think it's still a lot of fun. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great concept. It's sort of like DVD commentary for, uh, for what you guys have been doing. Mystery um, theater 2000. That's that what I was just going to say. Mystery science theater. MST 3k. And, and I loved that show. And I think between that and quantum leap, we just dated ourselves way too much go. now. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, MST3K was so much fun. And for you guys to do sort of a modern take on that, first of all, the three of you guys together uh, was is fantastic. Um, I, I don't know how often you guys are going to be able to get together to do this. Uh, it ruts on the other side of the world, it seems like. Um, yeah, we can do three or four at a time. So it's not, it's not too bad. You know, you just sit down there. They're 44 minute shows because that's, you know, what the show yeah, is. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty straightforward. When when so you guys get together mostly probably in LA because two of two thirds of you guys is here. Does uh does Rut cook for you when he, when he gets here, or does he try to poison you subtly, or how does that work? So he literally so he stayed at my house for a couple of days on this last one. We shot it at my house, and uh, he stayed there for he worked a, a, a cooking show maybe two. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's guy. Yeah, he's like in the freaking kitchen, fire everywhere. Oh he's, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, no, just pour a little of this. I'll just take a little sprinkle of that. I mean, he's it's like an explosion going off in the kitchen. I will say, whatever he cooked, I don't remember what it was or what it was called, but it was it was very good, delicious. He's actually got quite a, a good diet going on, a healthy diet, and um, it was delicious. So I can't knock him too bad. 
So the cooking shows paid off. All yes, right. Rut cooks. I make the drinks, and and Adam just cracks some jokes. So it's it's a pretty good combination. Well, it works out good. Um, if you've got some uh, time to still stick with us, I want to ask you about some movie stuff. But uh, up to Let's you. Yeah. Um. Uh. Before we get into that, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the Dodge guys one more time because uh, they're the reason why uh, we get to do this stuff. So. Visit your local Dodge dealer where they bring you performance, technology, and great deals. There's never been a better time right now that because Dodge is offering power dollars. And with power dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. Every 2019 Dodge Charger, every 2019 Dodge Challenger, it doesn't matter. This means you could pull away in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and receive an almost $5,000 cash allowance. So if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. So hurry hurry into your local Dodge dealer today or don't go to the dealer. Just give them a call because you're not allowed out of, out of your house and uh, take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Um, you, the, guy, the fans that follow you... And some that are new, getting up to speed, they know that you're a racer. They know that uh, you've hosted a number of different TV shows. Um, you've got your videos out like this uh, Quantum Drift. But uh, some of them may not know the huge resume of movies that you work on as a driver, as a professional driver, a stunt driver, um, uh, all the kind of the fun things. I'm not sure maybe one of the first movies was... Uh, was it Dukes of Hazard? Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, two thousand five. And, uh, and I, I maybe something kind of got under your skin. You're like, I, I like this too. Uh, and then it, you just went on amazing. to go do some incredible movies. Yeah, the it, it really formed kind of a little bit of a tripod in my uh, business world: was racing and hosting and stunts and they all sort of fed each other you know the racing you know the, the directors always wanted the racer to do the driving um doing the tv hosting helped me raise sponsorship to do the racing and um in some ways doing the movies is a little bit of a resume thing but it's uh it's so fun you get to crash on purpose and and dukes i grew up dukes of hazard dated yeah. again Third, that's the last. Three's <laughs> a charm. Last time we're dating. <laughs> yeah. 99 with balloons. I sure could use a balloon right now. There's, um, no, it, the, Dukes of Hazard, that was uh, a show that I could stay up late to watch. My parents would let me stay up and watch that Wednesday nights or whatever. Right after $6 million net. Man, that's number four. Oh, this is. Jeez. But the, uh, it was, it, it was epic watching those two dirt rooster tails rip around through the forest. I just loved that. I, and, you know, I think for a lot of us that are in the car industry as adults, Dukes of Hazard, we owe a lot to that show. So to do that movie was a great opportunity, and I did get to drive the generally for the first part of the movie. Most of it was Reese Millen, and I was a uh, Billy Prickett, who was the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it the, the movies are fascinating. It's it's a fascinating industry, and stunts specifically is super fascinating. It's really a family business. You don't have agents. You don't have managers. It's word of mouth, and um, and and there's people hustling. Like when you go to set, there's people yeah. that show up at lunch with a resume and talk to the stunt coordinator, and the stunt coordinator gives them time. You don't brush those people off. That's part of the industry. And and uh, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for not just the industry but the stunt people. You know, they're like a one-stop shop where the same dude can fight you know, martial artist, he's a gymnast, skydiver, scuba diver, can light himself on fire, jump off a building and do some pretty decent driving. Luckily doing more technical driving is a really expensive thing to train. Uh, you know, yeah. the racer really has an advantage in that. And so the movie industry around that time, Dukes of Hazard started to bring racers in on some movies just to do some uh, certain gags. And uh, yeah, I've loved it. For, for, for those that are out there, because we get questions a lot of time. I'm sure you get this too. Hey, Tanner, what does it take to get into racing? How do I get sponsors? How do I learn how? Even on our end, people are like, hey, how do I get into podcasting or automotive journalism or whatever? Uh, although I think we're more on the entertainment side than the journalism side. What about, what about 
This is uh, just as valid as any other news you can get. <laughs> just kidding. What about getting into stunt work or stunt driving? First of all, is there is there any money in it? Is is there is there a real career there, or is it really just a passion driven thing? Uh, there's yeah, there's a there's good there's a good living to be made in stunt driving. Um, I do get asked the question a lot about how to get involved, and I and I hate to be a pessimist uh, with people. I like to be optimistic and follow your dream kind of stuff. Um, the end of the day, when you look at the stats, it's very very difficult. And if you don't know somebody in the industry or like have a family relationship to somebody high up in the industry, it is very very difficult. So I, I always talk about on the driving side, I always thought drifting was a good place to go because you develop basically stunt driving skills, um, but, and, but that's very expensive. And I did a show a while ago called, um, it was, it was a, a show with Ford actually, and um, we, we essentially took people uh, off, sort of off the street, but it was, they auditioned on videos into teams and um, narrowed it down to one driver and then they won a car. And one guy that was on yeah. my team uh, was one of the many that I talked to about. Getting... He was so upset. He hit a cone in the final race and he lost and he was so upset. And he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be there. This. And I worked a commercial about three months ago. And sure enough, he was one of the drivers on the commercial and it was 15 years later. And we talked and he went as a mechanic which is something I did on a race team. I mean, swept the floors. He was bugging a stunt coordinator until finally they brought him on and, and at least let him show what, what he could do. Uh, he learned stunts. He learned gymnastics. He learned how to do all the actual stunt stuff to earn some respect in the industry to get hired. And, and he's doing it, making a good living at it. So it's, it's sometimes people want the short, easy route and that's never really going to be the case. But if they're willing to put the grind in and start, the hard uh bottom rung um then yeah i think it's worthwhile and there are a lot of people making a really good living doing it you know certainly anything that's super competitive like this uh you think of things like acting and sports uh uh you know being it being a a stunt driver or, or a stunt performer or anything is very similar there's not a lot of jobs out there there's a lot of people that want the jobs so it's uh it's it's kind of tough to get into. Um, I want to run through a few of these. Uh, I want to make sure we still got you there. Um, my, I, I still have you. It's just uh, making an adjustment okay. here, it looks okay. like. All right. Um, talk about some of the uh, some of the movies you've you've been on. You've worked on The Bourne Ultimatum, Fast and Furious, Iron Man Two, Bourne Legacy. Uh, Need for Speed, Straight Out of Compton. I didn't know there was a lot of drivers in that movie, but sure. Um, Hitman, Agent Forty Seven. <laughs> I liked that one. Uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. We all love Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Chris Morgan, who's the uh, writer and producer uh, of that, is uh, is a friend of the family, if you will. He's good friends with Adam Carolla, and uh, got to spend some time with. Uh, with Chris Morgan, the art of racing in the rain, which is good Ad Astra. And, uh, uh, most recently Ford V Ferrari and Westworld, the TV show, which is, uh, which is interesting. Tell us about working on a little bit of Ford V Ferrari and you looking at your resume, by the way, all the fast and furious movies and Ford V Ferrari and stuff. Uh, there's another guy out there, um, that, uh, you might be working with uh, a good buddy of mine named Jeremy Fry. I don't know if you had yeah, a chance I know to Jeremy work with well. Jeremy. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a sweet yeah. guy. And uh, he's, he's a stunt driver as well. He's done uh, like he did quite a bit of driving, I believe in, uh, in uh, uh, baby driver. What am I thinking? A baby driver. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. It, it he, seems like uh, it's a small world. Yeah, Fry was one of those guys that when, um, let's see, I think I first met him maybe on Tokyo Drift, and he wasn't doing driving so much there. I can't remember the very first movie where we met him, but he was one of the stunt guys who was like, oh my gosh, this drifting stuff is super fun. Went out and bought a drift car, and then he was calling me at least three times a month 
uh, I think he lived up near the track Willow Springs and saying that he was headed to the track. Come on up. And so he practiced and practiced and practiced and he put, he, you know, put the time into it just like the martial arts guys. And, um, yeah. you know, the skydivers put their practice time into it, into their specialty. I mean, he did it the hard way. And, uh, so he deserves every accolade he gets behind the wheel. And he's a very, very, very good driver for not coming from a racing background. He's I think one of the best and he is, um, and he's done some amazing movies. Uh, so, uh, but, and, but he, but coming from a stunt background, he's also very good at coordinating uh, and and understanding what needs to be done and how things need to be communicated on set. So he's got a long career ahead of him, and I love working with him. I've had the pleasure of working with him a lot, including on Hobbs and Shaw. It's it's interesting that you said that because as as sort of you were explaining, uh, stunt driving in particular, you can come from your background, a well versed racing background, and uh, and kind of you know, dip your toe into, into the stunt world and create some demand for yourself based on your ability. And then guys like Jeremy Fry wanted to get into stunt the whole time and, and almost found a niche with driving, but of course does a lot of other stuff as well. Like you said, being a stunt coordinator, but he, he went the film entertainment route to get to where he, you know, to the stunt driving end game. Whereas uh, yours was always uh, in racing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he, he, it's a unique pathway. I think any way you can get there is good. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if there's a prescribed route, I guess is what we're getting to, but, um, yeah, love working with Fry. Those, those movies were, um, you, you know, some of the bigger ones actually aren't the most fun I'll say. Uh, the, I mean, it's not the, uh, you know, when there's a huge budget that they, they've got the budget to just work up to a giant crash and, um, it, it's, and usually those big budgets, it seems like the, the driving isn't the story, you know, they have big actors and so they, you know, they're telling the story with the acting, but when you get to like the Tokyo drift, which wasn't a huge budget for the fast and furious franchise. Yeah. Um, there may, there's one that may not be on there called uh, red Dawn, which was the sure, yeah. Patrick's movie um, that red Dawn was one of the most fun movies I ever worked on. And it was just sliding through neighborhoods and crashing through fences and jumping through city parks and stuff. Just, you know, remember how all the paratroopers are coming down as, yeah. as a, whatever country invades. Um, this one, I was doubling Chris Hemsworth, and it was uh, the hair and makeup guy almost quit, actually, when he saw that I was going to be Hemsworth's driver. <laughs> but I don't know why. I never did get an answer why. But the, it was a, um, a super fun movie. And, you know, I don't know, 20 to 30 million, maybe 40 million, which in movie terms is pretty small. And, uh, you know, Dukes of Hazard was pretty small budget. So sometimes those where they want to save the car and the driving is part of the acting is the most fun. And that, those are the days you walk away from, uh, you know, just pinching yourself because you're just kind of having a blast on set. What, what is it on the set that makes it fun? Is it the, the driving that they ask you to do? Is it the tasks and stuff specifically? Like when they say, oh, you're going to be drifting through, you got a little bit of freedom here, you can go through... Uh, this neighborhood and just slide back and forth or is it sort of the formality or lack of formality of the people putting the movie together? Do the stunt coordinators and the, and the director say, I need this exactly. Or do they say you got a little bit of freedom here to do something? I think the challenge of let's do this exactly is, is always a little bit satisfying. If, especially if you have the tool to do the job, part of the stunt driving world is sometimes you're given a 1960s Mustang with six turns lock to lock. And yeah. you know, you're supposed to be monging down a street, which, and so um, it, there's a challenge with the hardware, but uh, I remember Tokyo drift. There was a scene where uh, Samuel Hubinet was driving the other car. He was in the orange Vale side RX seven. I was in the DK's three fifty Z. We were shooting in downtown LA supposed to be in Tokyo, but they had, you know, signs up. So it looked like Tokyo. And there was a scene where uh, at some point DK passes 
um, Han, I think, was the one, the character driving the, the Vail side orange car. And then he's supposed to drift sideways for like a city block and a half, just at 90 degrees to his direction, which, and shooting out of his window kind of a thing. Yeah. And it, you know, if you came from Fast and the Furious 2, which was a lot of CGI, I could see how they, I could see how they got there. Um, just thinking they would fill it in and make it happen. But we shot that movie like really practically. So, we had to kind of come up with this move where I would drift in front and to the side of Samuel and then spin a 180 and then um, back up, throw it in reverse really quick and back up and we'd be nose to nose and then stick the arm out and shoot him that way. And, and so that was kind of, that was the first time I'd ever been asked a question on set. <laughs> really. yeah. yeah. You know, I'm a private, I'm the guy driving the car. There's directors and assistant directors and coordinators. You know, there's so many layers to the hierarchy before you get to the stunt guy. Who's the private, you just do what you're told that that movie, they're like, yeah, well, what could we do here to, to make the story work? And that was super fun. Um, and so that's, I can see why the coordinators really like their job, you know, like a guy like Robert Nagel or Jeremy Fry, they have to get in there and take the language of the script and the director's mm -hmm. vibe that he wants to get and then apply it to reality in these cars with these tires on this day. And that's a challenge sometimes. Oh, I, I imagine it could be, you know, the guys writing the movie, they're going to write it. They don't really care if it's possible or not because someone's going to figure it out. It's not their problem, right? And if you think about it, uh, the CGI stuff, which is which is interesting. I I was working with uh, uh, w with some friends on a uh, just a, a short uh, video with the video. I think we could tell it now. Basically, the video is for Hennessy's new supercar that they're working on, and I believe the car was uh, I don't know it was supposed to be unveiled or a video was supposed to come out. Um, the car wasn't available to run yet. So we went and found something similar size and shape, wheelbase and whatever. We ended up with a McLaren 720S because I'm like, if I'm going to be driving this thing all day, it might as well be fun, right? Um, and uh, we took it out to, to the canyons out here and we put markers all over the car that the CGI guys can use. And we just filmed us driving this thing up and down through the canyons, just blasting through, close off, close off the roads. It wasn't meant to be stunt driving, just more of the precision driving, getting some effects to it. And then we brought that back and completely CGI'd out the 720S, put the Hennessy car in there and to do a two, three, four minute video. And the CGI is, I don't know, $30,000. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a huge part of the budget just to, take by the way the mclaren looked awesome it just had yeah, stickers all over it and it was so much fun to drive. <laughs> yeah yeah we well we we shot a few runs with the drones and stuff um uh without the stickers on the mclaren uh but most of it was it, it's like a little like three inch by three inch square piece of paper with like a yeah. target on it a, a reference yeah yeah and it's just it's and you know there's a hundred of these stuck all over the yeah. car so you could you know, when you're doing the software, you can get, get the car out. And believe me, it, it costs a lot less money. Cars driving by. It costs a lot less money to CGI out the car and put another car in than it would be to do the trees in the background because there's hundreds of trees blowing by at 90 miles an hour. And that's actually the expensive part. Wow. Right? Yeah, now that they do commercials with like that actually you know where they'll they'll use a dot car and you know just car with covered in dots if maybe yeah. a prototype isn't available just like that i love by the way what hennessy's doing that he you know he's really turned his business into something cool where he's not just adding power to stuff but coming up with his own kind of cars it's amazing um but yeah that's uh there are a lot of cars that are incredibly difficult to work with you know sometimes you'll do a a commercial uh, well let's just say a volkswagen since i do a lot of commercials for volkswagen yeah and maybe creative will want the passat they'll show a video of like some commercial where cars drifting around the edge of like a harbor or something they'll be like where do we like this and you know you got a front wheel drive car that you can barely turn the stability control off much less the abs uh, and doesn't have a handbrake anymore they have push button brakes so um 
for commercials, I, I there's a lot of drivers that would love if they would just go to whatever the simple old school car is that has a mean differential, a bunch yeah. of power, you know, and a good handbrake, and then just stick some dots on the thing, and then you know we'll we'll call it a day, and and you'll have uh, all your cars doing crazy stuff whenever creative wants that. But yeah, it's um that's that's happening. I I'll, I'll be honest, I spent. I spent two months in Tokyo drift. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we had to, we worked out of LA, but we had to drive a van up and down this, uh, these dams where we shot the mountain scene. And so there's a lot of van riding and I, and I, uh, made sure I sat next to the CGI guys. And these were the same guys that did fast and furious Two. Yeah. That one to me, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of, it looked like a cartoon in a lot of ways. It did. Yeah. Um, and I preached to them using every, bit that I remembered from my biology degree about the physiology uh, and the human condition and how we're not good at, you know, we don't have claws, we don't have very good vision or smell, but we can see motion really well. And I think it's a, a way that we pick our parents out in a crowd and we can tell the difference between the way a man and a woman walks just by the slightest thing. And it's the reason you've never seen good CGI hair move in the wind yeah. on a person. Um, and so we can see motion and we can see shades of color. Those are like our great things besides having, you know, um, uh, self-awareness, but the and opposable thumbs, but there's a, uh, if you have, uh, that motion thing, you can, you can tell when a car is sliding, even the $30,000 CGI or more, you can tell it hits a bump and it's like, Ooh, wait a minute. Something's yeah. a little bit weird about that. Something didn't, and, and we can smell a rat in that stuff so well. And I convinced these guys they needed to just put dots on the ground. If there was going to be a cliff there, let us drive to the dots or whatever, but let the cars actually do the sliding. And they, it, it I think it changed some of it. I may have moved the ship uh, 1%, but it, was enough to be satisfying that it, they would at least let us slide the cars around. Um, and the second thing on that movie, not to get too much into Tokyo Drift, was that Reese Millen yeah. convinced um, Dennis McCarthy, who's responsible for all the cars in Fast and Furious and Hobbs and Shaw, uh, to instead of building nine of like the DKZs, uh, the drift, the the Gray Z, to build like five of them, and 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 make two of them really good. And, you know, good turbo. We got APR turbo kits out of Australia, good handbrakes, good differential suspension. Yeah. And then you, so you'd have two good ones and then three crashers. Okay. And instead, of, instead of having three junky ones or instead of having nine junky ones, like was the original. Right. Just budget wise, you're saying spend the money on two good ones because we can do more with that than, yes. than you know, six other ones that we, we give it a shot and we wreck it and we throw it away and we move to the next one. Right. And then just save the two good ones. You know, if it was a crash, it's like, let's, we'll pull out a crash car. If it's, if it's just drifting through the city streets, you want the most power, the best handbrake, best differential you can get. And then you could make the shots way cooler that way too. Um, yeah. But in, in movies now, I mean, Need for Speed had some of the best cars. I actually bought two cars from the movie and register them and, and drove them on the street. And they, they were amazing there were well there were there were 67 camaros that had been completely rebuilt like a brand new car throttle by wire ls3s all that kind of stuff nice. but um it, that's totally different than it was you know in the bullet days or mm-hmm. uh, you know vanishing point or whatever those days those those were old school old school take yeah. a shot of whiskey and go do the stunt um, and you know, we're really spoiled in movies now with some of them where they, they give you just the tools that can do the job that much better. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap up and I appreciate all the time you've given us, what's in, uh, what's in Tanner Faust's garage? What's, what's in the car collection these days? Uh, of course you got your, your nine twelve. You're never going to give that up. Right. That's, uh, I love the fact that I love the fact that you and, and other people know that. Yeah, that is so cool. That I, yeah, I love. Well, there's a great that. story behind it. I remember from back in the day that you brought the car over to our studio, and yeah. and uh, I, I I wish I had like something like that in my life. Where I'm like, oh, it's Dad's car, Grandpa's car, like just something to go. You know, yeah. I, I I got nothing right. Uh, <laughs> such a good story. So all the other cars that come and go in our lives, you have the one, but. Uh, 
which is yeah. great. So what, what else is in the lineup there? Um, I, on a daily driver style type thing, I, I have a, a GT3, a, a 991 GT3. Okay. And a, uh, I have a Golf R, and I'm a spokesperson for Golf R, and, and it's been um, – Odinger has souped it up a bit, and it's a pretty trick little Golf R, and there's a new Golf R coming out. You know, the Golf 8 is coming out pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, then I've got uh, the car I'm in right now is an Atlas, which is like the, the Volkswagens. It's a, a three row, three rows of seats SUV, full on deal. Yeah. Um, I still have a Raptor from the, uh, those board racing days. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I, but then I've got some drift cars, you know, like that Scion. I don't know if you ever saw that Scion with the NASCAR motor in it. Yeah. Yeah. I still have that. I've got that 900 horsepower Passat, an RWB beetle I, I think it might be the only one in existence but it's a uh, um oh that's uh, right the rwb beetle i did i've, I've seen it uh, pictures of it not in person but um boy rut couldn't be any more jealous of that car huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, oh believe me he, now that he has an rwb porsche you know yeah. he's constantly one-upping me on that which is totally fine i i don't know how you know i've never been like rut or maybe like you uh, really skilled at collecting cars. I never, it just wasn't like I drove them and I, I, I respected the engineering behind them and all the kind of nerdy stuff. But uh, you know, like when, when my Honda civic uh, was when I was kind of done with that and I got something that was a little bit faster, I wanted that garage space back. And yeah. so I, I've sold everything. I didn't, I haven't kept stuff like, like Rudd has. Well, in, in California, garage space is one of the most exotic commodities we can try to co- go after. And so, everybody's trying to get garage space. And I think Adam has like four buildings now trying to, trying to scavenge. Uh, yeah, trying to, to scavenge. Come, come check it out. We're, we're building out a new one right now. We're going to move some of the cars there. You know, but also when that happens, how do you make the money? So there's a building that's a studio and there's a building that's now a production company. And then, you know, and then the building we're in needs to be rented out for more production stuff. So where do the cars go? So we got to go find another, another building, but you assuming you still got your, your, your cool house has the lift in it, right. With the raise up the, the car into the, in the house, yeah, a when, like uh, Adam's old place. The garage spaces is a hot item, but the, when the, when the real estate is expensive, yeah, you have to get creative. And yeah. so, so Ben pack hooked me up with a lift. I know you guys have some Ben pack lifts there. Yeah, we do. And, um, they hooked me up with a lift and they have one lift. that's really tall. So it's, uh, I think a bit more than 12 feet or something. It'll take the car up. And so it, uh, it goes up into the second floor of the house. And it was an idea that is a crude version <laughs> of an idea inspired by Adam's old house. Yeah. His when Lake he Hollywood and house. I did a top gear pilot, I've, I went to his house a couple times and he was, he was working on that thing. And I think he put a mirror in it. Did yeah. it, it like it was a garage floor. His was way cooler, way less permittable, but it was way cooler. And it was like the garage floor would lift up into the office. And so the car was like actually in the house. Mine's mine's in like a glass section of the garage. Yeah. Adam's uh, car. It was in the movie road hard. And there was a couple of articles about it. Um, but uh, he wanted the car to lift up through the floor into his office on, above the garage. Yes. But then he wanted the floor to close in underneath it. And the lift, he wanted it to go down and disappear completely. So he had to use a single post flush mount hydraulic lift. So in his garage, you didn't even notice anything. And in the, 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 the ceiling above it would have to open and the car would push through. And it actually was a lot more work than it looks like. It took a long time to get the car up there because it couldn't lift high enough and we had to make a stand for it. Well, but, then did you have to double check that the hooks, I mean, cause then you got this concrete floor that's just got to rest on something, right? Yeah. So there was metal beams all underneath and the metal beams, that part of it was fine. It was getting the lift high enough. Um, okay. So uh, that you guys that follow my social media, you can see I post pictures all the time of the garage and you can see the Camel GT pace car, the Datsun pace car is sitting up on like a podium that's like two feet high. That 
was the podium that a car would sit on in Adam's garage when he would raise the car in, into, uh, into his office. So the car would sit on that and it would lift the entire podium and the car into the office so that it would sit up on a, on a platform. Um, and, and the four TVs that you see in the middle of our shop were above the car in his house. So instead of like four TVs, like in a, like a sports place or above a pool table, it, it was above the car. So anyway, cool stuff. Um, Tanner, thank you so much for the time. What's next for you? Where, where can we see you? Are you racing? Are you filming? Or uh, I'm home. I mean, I'm home. That's, you're locked that's, down like everybody. That's what I'm doing. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to do my part to, to minimize all this stuff. And uh, then once, once we get back in the swing of things, um, yeah, Nitro World Games is towards the end of the year. We have plans for Baja 1000, which is uh, towards the end of the year. So hopefully with those events still are on, they're, they're all the way back into the September to November range. And uh, yeah, then I'm traveling around for this Golf 8 launch um, and, uh, you know, later in the, in the summer, fall also. So we'll see if all that stuff is still on, but, uh, certainly having fun with the podcast. We're probably going to do, do it, um, in isolation this next time, the next three episodes with speedy beardy and the mole. Yeah. And, uh, but I just want to thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, it was great to see you. Thank you so much. You guys, of course, you find everything at tannerfaust.com. You can uh, buy his swag and uh, reach out to him on his social media. Um, and guys, check out this video, Quantum Drift 2. It's on YouTube. It's on Tanner's channel. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be all over his social media. It's all over the place. So um, it, it's fun, and it's got a lot of great 80s references that only he and I will get. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Tanner, thank you so much. And uh Uh, Be safe, enjoy your flying, enjoy your plane, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All right, thanks, Matt. Have a great day. Thanks. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and a huge thanks to Tanner Faust sticking with us for the entire episode. Uh, uh, what a trooper, man. What a great, great dude. Uh, one more time, we're going to remind you about our friends at Geico. Uh, you own your home, you rent your home. Either way, I know it can be a lot of work, but you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Visit geico.com and uh, you could be saving money on your home and renter's insurance and you can bundle it along with your auto policy. That's a good thing because you have you already have so much to do around the home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com.